1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davis on TalkSport
3: welcome to it it is that time of the week again fight night on talk sport on your saturday evening as we get stuck into all the biggest stories from the world of fight sports you're going to hear over the next three hours the wbc heavyweight champion of the world deontay wilder will be speaking to the wbo middleweight champion of the world uh, demetrius andrade and of course with him announcing his retirement this week i think it's only fair that we have tommy Coyle on the show as well talking points there's quite a few uh, Jarrell Miller has signed himself a lucrative deal with Top Rank. We'll get stuck into that. We'll review everything that happened in Miami on Thursday evening where we saw two new world champions crowned and a lot of YouTubers going at it once again. And of course, we will build you up nicely towards next weekend's Sheffield Showdown, which sees the return of Kelbrook. Brook. I'm Adam Catterall, alongside me, as ever, the one and only fresh off a plane as ever it is the one <laughs> Gareth A
2: Davies how are you mate I'm very well you always catch me on that one I, I have listen but I slept overnight uh, from the west coast listen you spent half of January in um, we're in February God well, yeah. you spent half of January in America <laughs> as well it was a great start to the year and I tell you what that lead up there Ed of what's on the show tonight um, it's a really really interesting time for boxing because there's loads of news stories swirling around mm. But there's a lot of meat to put on the bones at the moment and a v- and some very significant stories. One of the things that you didn't mention there that I really want us to get into detail about tonight as well is the return of Gerald Miller, big I, baby Miller as well. I know? did mention that. Oh, sorry. I, I did. I, I think I might have been putting um, some stevia in my coffee at the time. Oh, now, you I put so. your
3: stevia in your coffee
2: then, my friend. You know, know what
3: I mean? Th- we will, of course,
2: talk about Gerald's uh, uh, new deal with Top Rank, no question about it. It's uh, deep, though, isn't it? I mean, it's a <laughs> yeah. very deep thing because, it, you know, I mean, people often accuse boxing of, of a type of moral bankruptcy. It doesn't have it, but there are moments where it's really difficult to work your way through the, uh, the, the morass and the dichotomy that, that goes on with, you know, a sport that where there's great danger, we're looking at safety measures all the time, and yet boxers who've tested positive for, um, you know, um, fat-trimming substance GW1560, It's called um, strength building human growth hormone, banned stamina building EPO. Yeah, um, uh, you know, and are seven, eight months later, you know, just moving to another state in America where the law is different and taking out another license. Now, I've known Jarrell a long time. I knew when he was a kickboxer as well, but something deeper needs to go on I mean I think I'd like to see him come out and do some talks on why he was addicted to these things or taking these things or why he needed them as a crutch and I think I just like a deeper discussion about about the thing and I know you agree with me on that because we both you know have a great deep um, admiration and love for the people we talk about but they can't be put in danger and it can't be treated that you, you can take these things and just come back eight months later take the it, mm. come back and have big fights mm. you want you a know? deep conversation we're going to have one later on yeah. my friend don't you worry and uh, you're more than welcome to come and
3: join us 08717 double two double three four. that's the telephone number if you want to get involved you know where we are on social media do come and play with us on there uh, I mentioned that obviously next week Sheffield and Kel Brooks return. There's a couple of other little shows as well that we're going to be speaking about. One that happened this week in Miami, two new world champions crowned, delighted yeah. with that, and a couple of other things. But we're all building towards. Let's be honest. Let's 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 get the elephant out the room. Yeah, we are all building towards February 22nd. That's what we're all building towards at this moment in time, where the WBC. Heavyweight Championship of the World is on the line. It's Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury, part two. We're going to hear from Deontay, who was on with uh, Adrian Dunmer a little earlier on this week in a moment or two. But first of all, you've been overstate side this week, and they keep mm. dropping these uh, press conferences on us at the drop of a hat, basically, don't they? It's like they decide the day before, and away <laughs> we go.
2: What? It, it was mad. I was I was in a. Uh, we were in Vegas together doing, you know, Conor McGregor uh, against Cowboy Cerrone. I was going to LA the week after. Obviously missed the show with you last week in terms of being in the studio together and went to cover the Bellator two three eight event where Chris Cyborg was 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 crowned uh, f- fourth uh, a champion in the fourth uh, organization and and suddenly I think it was Thursday night there was an announcement that Fox Studios were going to host. Uh, a a limited event for Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder um, in which... I've got to say, one of one of Tyson's brothers said afterwards... They were like brother and st- they were like girlfriend and boyfriend in there. They were like kissing and hugging the whole time. Mm. And they were a little bit. And it was fascinating to go along to it, Adam. I and I, I, You've got some audio from it, have you? Or um, well, are we going to listen to Deontay we're gonna, no? we're later gonna, d- Yeah, Deontay
3: was on with Adrian Durham um, on Thursday, I think, because he's attending the Super Bowl this week. So we'll hear that in a moment or so. But I just wanted to get your take on that press conference, because well, as you rightfully said... There was a lot of admiration in there. Tyson sat down, he's paying yeah. him all the compliments in the world. Deontay's doing the exact same thing back. And I'm thinking, these two actually really like each other, you know? they. It, I, I kind of wanted just a little bit of spice. I wanted <sighs> to see Tyson. So wanted it. Yeah, I wanted Tyson to get inside his head, just to rev him up a little bit, and it wasn't coming. Do you know what?
2: I, I, as, a, as an older chap as I am now, I remember when I was a kid watching Michael Parkinson... Remember the Parkinson Chat Show, yeah, mm. on on whatever it was, the BBC uh, at the time, um, and Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali in a studio together in yes. their suits, ending up having a scrap, mm. and and everybody remembers that. And I thought we we all piled in there. There were there were probably. I don't know. Hundred media there for the day. We were in the studio with Kurt McAfee. I've worked with him before on ESPN years ago on the UFC. Um, you know, he's a brilliant old school presenter. Um, Heidi Andral there, um, who, who had a kind of couple of shaky moments with them both, kind of not being able to say the word pussy out loud live on air. Do you know what I mean? It's a small cat. Is a pussy. Um, but you know, as, as an insult, you know, because Tyson. That's, few- a, that's how we kick off our Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Gareth, there's no dump button on this show. Guys, no, no, just no, go no. straight in. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but the thing is, what, what was weird was it was all set up. They both had their big walkings, a bit of you know, kind of smoke and, and a bit of music, and yeah. it was all set up. But I think everybody froze because they were in the studios and they were just. A, it, it ended up as a as a love and respect fest. Mm. And listen, they've done thirty six minutes with each other already. They've both gone to the well in a lot of ways. Um, it was an extraordinary fight that we were both at December the first, two thousand and eighteen, and there is a lot of respect there. But what's going to really sell this fight in the mainstream is to see what they're thinking about in their deep, dark brains. Mm. In, in that kind of, in that warrior brain, in the fight brain. In that bit where they flick the switch at them and they don't have any respect for each other. What they're trying to do is put the lights out on each other. And we didn't get that at all mm. in the room. And I and I followed Tyson around onto several other shows, the car wash, as they call it, after that, that, that press conference in the Fox studio. And he was saying, well, I didn't they told me it was live on, on TV in America, and it was it was on the all the Fox channels that day. So it was a big big audience. Mm. And he said I didn't know whether to whether you could or you couldn't yeah, he couldn't say whatever he wanted to say. Yeah, I yeah. think I think he was. He, he'd he he been told it was a really big platform and it was mainstream. And he didn't know whether he should be calling him, um, you know, a big dosser and all the things that he comes out with. Because he, st- he winds up Tyson, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And as the crowd responds, he's like your mate who responds more, who'll jump off the bridge if you're all going to enjoy it enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and it was really flat in there, weirdly. Mm. And yet, when you spoke to both men in the corridors... They were actually a bit more pumped up. They're both looking fantastic. You saw Tyson on the Saturday before you left Ve- uh, yeah. Vegas. He looks in fantastic shape. So does yeah. Deontay. Well, I was going to ask you about that because both
3: of us, we, we had separate sit-downs with Tyson. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about all different aspects of stuff. And I know that you've uh, obviously documented this for various uh, newspaper articles and what have you in the build-up to this particular fight. But I just wanted to get your own personal take on where you thought he was at because he, he's doing all his camp out there. He's obviously had a bit of a trainer change. Ben's no longer involved in that mm. camp. What 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 were your? I mean, we're a long way out from the fight. I, I read a lot more from fighters during fight week where they're at. He seemed he seemed very relaxed, very relaxed, and in a very good place. What were your take on him? Because you spent a
2: lot of time with him over the last few years. Um, he's mentally very strong um i think he's training harder for this camp than i've seen him for a long time um but he's training in specifics he's 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 very disciplined mentally that's what i was most interested in uh being over there you know in in vegas for that week and, and in la afterwards how mentally strong he is and, he, and and particularly with the change of training, with ben davison yeah. not being around because um ben ben was a big mental asset for Tyson, you know, um, getting into him all the time. And I think that same attitude around him has prevailed. People watch him, um, the, the team watch him, his two brothers are there the entire time, Huey and Shane, and they know him. They know him inside out. They know when his mood changes. Um, Tyson's taken on, a, you know, lots of kind of tiny little things that are different, Adam, mm. where, where he's not having kind of, soft fizzy drinks, he's not drinking coke at all now, diet coke mm. he's not he's not, he's Paris on the Thursday of a fight week when all the wives come in, yeah, mm. they normally come in on a Thursday, he's not gonna see her, he doesn't want to break the chain if you like, mm. he doesn't want to break the warrior chain for this one, all these changes, but I think all these changes are good, because what he's recognising is the importance of this fight this is the fight even maybe more than... Well, the Klitschko victory defined him as the lineal, as he calls it, champion. The guy that defeated the seemingly undefeatable 10-year reigning heavyweight champion. But this is the fight that he can put to sleep that almost twice he beat the the most dangerous single puncher in the history of the heavyweight division mm. so and i think i think that importance is what i'm seeing there in his home you know as you know i've been in for dinner in his home there is there is a seriousness about the camp. They're not japing around so much. They let him have his air when he wants to entertain in front of the cameras. But um, I was very impressed. I'm very happy with where he is. What I'm not happy with, Adam, mm. is the tactics of trying to knock Deontay Wilder well, out. Well, that's what I was going to go next. We're going to hear from Wilder in a minute. So, so just very quickly
3: before we go to break, do you believe No. with what Tyson's saying? Do you no. believe he's going to dig
2: his toes in and, and throw no. down throw down with him. He's going to he's going to be busier than he was in the first fight, which he should be. He should be busier at the beginning of the round and at the end of the round. That's the old pro's trick. Yeah. 30 seconds at the start, 30 seconds at the end. Catch the judge's eyes. It When they in close rounds, that's what makes them uh, score that round for you. Um, no, he's going to have educated pressure. He's not going to stand toe-to-toe with him. If the opening comes, great. But Deontay Wilder has the equaliser in that right hand, and the straight right hand, and the left took mm. they are such dangerous punches of his it will be foolish beyond belief to let this moment which will probably define probably i say define the heavyweight of this era on february the 22nd it will be foolish to to go into it with a gung-ho attitude and i don't think they will there's too many people that know too much about boxing all around tyson fury and he knows himself <laughs>
3: Uh, now then, earlier this week, Deontay Wilder, the WBC heavyweight champion of the world, was out and about in Miami, enjoying himself, taking in everything that the Super Bowl has got to offer. And our boys were out there, Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter, they're all out there enjoying themselves. We're going to bring you some fantastic coverage of the Super Bowl tomorrow. But they managed to grab him, have a little bit of an interview with him, and then get him on our drive time show to have a conversation with Adrian Durham. They talked about all different aspects of where Wilder's at at this moment in time, preparing for his rematch with Tyson Fury. And they started... By revisiting la and that first fight
4: yes most definitely you know it's one of my uh, most memorable fights you know thus far you know every time i have an outing, it's always amazing you know just you know to be able to prepare and know that my opponent is preparing himself for the best fight of his life and i know i'm preparing myself each and every time for the best fight of my life and when we come together and share each other energies in the ring it just create amazingness you know it just create excitement and thrilling fights and i'm just i'm just so happy to be a part of this division and um to bring it back to light where um years ago 10 years ago it was just in a dark place mm-hmm. and um no you know really no one really knew who was the heavyweight champion of the world were you know I, I can at least speak speak for here being in america so you know to go back and look up on that even just to hear it on the radio you know it reminds me of the times when um i you, you used to see on tv where back in the day how you know you have to you used to have to listen to the sports on the radio or when my grandmother them used to you know talk because my i never was able to um, um, never able to interact with my grandfathers because they passed away before before my time. But my grandmothers used to tell me everything about my grandfather them and how they loved sports and how they used to listen to it on the radio and listening to it. They listen to that fight now on the radio. It's like, you know, it, it, it gives me some 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 kind of visualization that I can go back and see, oh, this is what it was like back in those times. That fight was just amazing, man.
5: I love the fact. Deontay Wilder loves boxing on the radio. <laughs> yes. This is what we're here for, man. This is this is what we're here for. And listen, we still can't believe that Tyson Fury got up. The, the rematch is just over three weeks away. Fury's changed his trainer. He says he's going to knock you out. So what do you say to that?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm always talking about speaking, believing things that you speak into the universe and it coming to you. But the true magic to it all is belief. Belief is everything, you know, religion is even religion is not real if you don't believe. Belief is a small word, but it's a huge thing when you unlock it. You know, and if he believed that then it could happen. But, you know, honestly and truthfully, I don't I don't believe you know, Fury believes the words that are coming out of his own mouth. Um, I think it's for hype or whatever and you know, it's, we're going to see on the night of that fight, February 22nd, baby, 2020, we here. <laughs> and we're going to see what happens. But, you know, honestly, I don't believe that. Um, if he does do that, then that's giving me more advantage than I need, you know, by him bringing the force to me. And I'm already coming with thrilling force coming to him. So, you know, it's just like a car wreck, or two, uh, you know, a, a head-on collision about to happen. And uh, we're going to, you know, and you know what happens when, when I lay the, the hammer down on people, you know, they just start doing funny things on the camera.
5: What, what did you think that when you you fought him last time and he actually got up in that 12th round when you hit uh, him with that?
4: You know, I was definitely surprised, you know, but it was amazing to see, like, in, in it, my face, my face showed the impression of surprise. Like, I was surprised, because, you know, when you hit a guy, you know, uh, um, like, well, most of the time when I hit guys and stuff, they fall. And especially how I stood over him and saw his eyes go in the back of his head and his neck was pulsing out with veins you know, with hot blood going straight down him, you know, rushing because his body is reacting and to see his body on the canvas like a murder scene, it was, yeah, you know, it was surprising to see him get up, but inside I was like, I was like, inside I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like i throwing my hands up in the air or whatever, because. That you know, we living up to the hype of the fight. Yeah. And I can only imagine the people in the arena, you know, or the people at home, or people just listening to it. You know, like I said, listening to it on the radio, you can see boom, boom, he goes down, he goes, Wilder knocked it down. And when you hear about Wilder knocking somebody down, you in your heart, you already like, damn, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, that's what I do. And to hear he's, oh my God, he's getting back up. You're like, what? You know what I'm saying? So it made it a thrilling fight to see all the action and the activity that was up in that ring, uh up on that night, you know, it and then to come out with a controversial decision made it even more thrilling because now it leads up to the wild and fury too. People understood the first fight, you know, a lot of people didn't believe in fury and then now is even it's different because yeah. The, because of him getting up, and you know how thrilling that fight was, it makes it that much more exciting. So everything, everything worked out works out for the greater good, man. For those who love God, and and man, you know, with two beings, although we get in the ring and we do our thing, and have to release our negative energy amongst each other each other outside of the ring with two guys that believe in a higher power Mm -hmm. and love God man and love what we do to support our family are
5: are you going to be doing anything different this time around to ensure that he doesn't get up are you gonna? Uh, do, you, do you want this to go twelve rounds, or do you want to finish him early?
4: <laughs> do I want to go twelve rounds? <laughs> Look, man, I don't get paid for overtime, and no one's trying to get no one's trying to go twelve rounds, especially not in the heavyweight division. You know, this is the powerhouse. This is the power division. You know, what I'm saying we call Alabama Power Company. You know, and and you know we're not trying to go twelve rounds. At least I, I'm definitely not The Earlier, the better. So, um, but you know, in that first fight. He he told me, you know, it wasn't the right hand what really got him. It was the left hook, and to go back on the on the fight and look at the hook. But I've been seeing it before. Is like if the hook was the one that really put him out. You know, I was too squared up when I throw the hook. I didn't have I had the momentum for the hook because that is the natural thing to do. The one on one fundamentals of boxing. You know, people say I don't have skills, but you know, I do the pro, the proper things when it comes with the jab. It, it, it give you the um. It give you it. It gives the right hand that the jab plays the the jab. I'm trying to look for the word for it. To, the jab sets up for the right hand, mm-hmm. and the right hand sets up for the left hook. And it's a muscle memory thing. And then you know, they some people say y'all also should finish with the with the jab after each punch. But when I threw the right hand, it just gave me the momentum for my left hook in a natural state you know and but the thing about it when I threw when I threw the left hook I was too squared up and the the madness that come behind my power is not so much that <clears throat> that I'm naturally uh, you know I naturally have I'm strong I naturally have uh, <laughs> amazing strength it's because of the technique as well and how I position my body and and, and bring my body into my punches what, what also is the key to the magic as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I threw the left hook, I was, you, if you go back and look, I, I was so squared up on him that I, I really didn't get enough torque, you know, of you know, up in there. I, I wasn't able to twist my body enough to even get in on it, so it was just a squared up left hook. So, you know, I said all that to say, you know, my positioning, my feet positioning and where I place my body when I throw my punches is going to be a little bit different in this fight. I'm going to be more calmer in this fight as well. That was one of the things that uh, that got me. Um, I was so excited because, <clears throat> excuse me, being here in America, you know, um, boxing is not our, you know, Primary sport? nor is it our secondary sport? You know, this is, we on down the line, you know. So, it's so many other competition here that we have to go against. And I had a date, one date specifically for Deontay Wilder. Like it was so exciting. and then to be able to go, then I I chose to go to L.A. to do it where all the stars was because I felt like this was a a a, a great. This is the biggest fight in the world, so it got to be, it got to be where the stars is, so it can be star stuttered And everyone came out, and it was amazing. You know, know, when I'm walking out the tunnel, I'm like, I did it. It's the saying if you, the saying is if you build it, they would come, and they was here. And you know, all that was going through my head, like I finally got it here. It's tough to make it. It's tough to do things here, have events, and I got my date. I got the peoples here. Now is my opportunity, my chance to show America that they got a badass here. He's been here for a long time, and he ain't going nowhere, baby, and he's still on that throne to this day, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a lot of things I'm going to be able to change. Of course, I'm not going to be able to reveal everything to you guys because, you know, Barry might be listening if he is. Hey, Tyson. <laughs> Deontay
3: Wilder speaking a little earlier on this week to the boys uh, on drive uh, live from Miami because he's attending the Super Bowl. Big, obviously NFL fan, he attends it every single year. We'll pick the bones out of that in a moment or two. We're also going to hear from Eddie Hearn. You listen to Fight Night on Talksport. I just received a tweet here, Gareth, with uh, a question from uh, somebody listening to the show. Is this uh, an interactive show? Is it just about you two talking to whoever it may be? No, listen, you're more than welcome to come and join us. You know where we are on social media and you can give us a ring. 08717 It's Fight Night on TalkSport. We're here every single Saturday night and available as a podcast as well uh, in the early hours of Monday morning. All up there for you with all the guests that we've had on the show. Now, you've just heard from Deontay Wilder, who popped up on Drive this week speaking to Adrian Durham and the gang. I don't know about you, Gareth, but my take on Deontay Wilder compared to the Deontay Wilder that we met um, 14 months ago in Los Angeles, this this version of him is a very more calm, more Mm. mature, a guy that seems to be totally at peace and knows exactly where he stands in the world of boxing. The first time around, I think the circus kind of took him a little bit by surprise. I didn't think he fully fully expected that when the circus did rock up, everybody would be more interested in his opponent than him himself. And I think... That got his back up a little bit. Tyson Fury got inside his head. This time round, with the year that he's had, knocking out Brazil, knocking out Ortiz in the fashion that he knocked out Ortiz, and just the way that he just seems to be at peace with himself, I think he's a lot more dangerous this time than he was the first time round.
2: Yeah, and no, I um kind of, you know, people didn't hear that last section go back and listen to the podcast later when he says quite clearly in a very calm voice when i looked down at tyson fury surprised and amazed to see him getting up i had seen his body on the ground like a murder scene now if that isn't a man who is a not literally a killer with his hands then show me someone who is i tell you something about him you're so right He's more urbane this time. He's more recognised now, Adam. Mm. He's getting paid better for this contest. And he wasn't hurt by Fury, and yet he had Fury down twice. Listen, the ninth round was an exhausted Fury with a glancing blow. I think we'll both agree to that, yeah, do you yeah, not yeah. think? Yeah, yeah. But but he didn't even land flush with the right hand and the left hook that put him down in the twelfth round. And and Wilder knows, and I and I and I will insist on this debate, um, and it's being debated more and more leading into this fight, that he is arguably the single biggest, most dangerous he- puncher in the history of the heavyweight division, and that includes the Tysons, Mike Tyson, George Foreman, Sonny Liston, Rocky Marciano, Joe Lewis, Jack. Dempsey, Ernie Shavers, and any other you can care to mention, he knows that Tyson Fury is becoming a bigger and bigger and bigger name in America. He's the Fox guy. Fury is the ESPN guy. Fury's under um, Bob Arum in the United States. There's great leverage uh, there for for Tyson Fury, as you will have witnessed in the last year going over there as well. Mm -hmm. And what Deontay Wilder has is is, like Tyson Fury, as I mentioned before the break, uh, in the first section, rather, tonight, that he has a massive opportunity. If he can rid the division of the Gypsy King by knockout, he just goes stellar because everybody will want to see him knock out Anthony Joshua then. Mm-hmm. That is what people will be, will be um, they'll be cursing about it almost. We need to see that fight and it will mean that Joshua will need to go to America and fight Deontay Wilder. You're right, he's in a great frame of mind because he carries so much danger. He just carries so much danger. And he's got 36 minutes in which to create a body of work. Mm. Well, he only needs two seconds in that 36 minutes, Mm -hmm. doesn't he, to do
3: what he does. Um, Eddie Hearn's been in the United States this week. Obviously, he had a show in Miami, uh, a fantastic show as well, of which we'll get to a little bit later on in the programme. But uh, he was talking to the guys on Radio Row for the Super Bowl this week. He popped up chatting to our NFL team, Will, Ollie and uh, Matt. Uh, And he started the conversation talking about AJ and how close they are to making a deal for his next fight.
5: He's got two mandatories. The first one that he has to deal with is Kubrat Pulev. The next one he has to deal with is Alexander Usyk. So it's a pretty tough year for him. But also we want to see what happens on February 22nd with uh, Wilder against Fury because we want to try and push for that after the Pulev fight as well. So it looks like end of May, early June, Kubrat Pulev looking to come home. To London, he hasn't boxed in London for what will be coming up to two years by the time that fight takes place. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, Emirates, Twickenham, all conversations that we're having at the moment, and uh, excited, excited for British boxing and for the fans to see him come back. And you know, we went through a stage of Klitschko at Wembley, ninety thousand; Takan at Millennium Stadium, eighty thousand; Parker at Millennium Stadium, ninety thousand; Povetkin at Wembley Stadium, eighty thousand. It was just a mad run, and I just felt like. We needed something fresh. We needed to change things and, and take him on a little bit of a tour. Unfortunately, that ended in a knockout defeat <laughs> to Andy Ruiz at Madison Square Garden, which everyone will remember. But thankfully, it ended up in a, a victory in a rematch in Saudi Arabia. So, important to come home, and uh, hopefully we can get that done in the next few weeks. Wilder and Fury
6: are here tomorrow. Uh, is this something that you could imagine AJ doing in a year's time, coming to the, the Super Bowl, Radio Row, and meeting a loss of... A lot, a lot of of radio stations, TV stations. There's a lot of exposure
5: here. Yeah, he does that. I mean, look, I think he's probably... He was probably overworked on the commercial side. I mean, if you look at Fury against Wilder, they weren't going to have a press conference. They've had two in two weeks, and now they're coming here again uh, for the weekend. They're, They're pushing the fight as hard as they can, and that's very important to the promotion, but it's hard work when you've been training and sparring all week to fly. I'm not sure I could get Joshua to train and spar a week and then fly to Miami for the weekend and, Mm. you know, then fly back because he's absolutely meticulous in everything that he does. But, you know, it's good for the sport. It's great for the sport that Wilder and Fury are coming to events like this because although we are pushing that fight, they're also pushing the heavyweight division and the sport of boxing and anything that, that can help this sport, particularly stateside, for our US business, is important. Do you have any clarification yet from any of the governing bodies in
2: terms of ages? You know, next two to three fights, does it need to be Pulev
5: and the and the, the, and the Usyk, two mandatory? Yeah, yeah, basically, mandat- if he wants to keep the belts, yeah, it has to be Pulev and then Usyk. So, the belts are, are important but so is the legacy. And and at some point, if he has to drop a belt to get the Wilder Fury winner, then he will do it. Because really, I think what the Ruiz fight showed us is anything can happen at any moment. So we tried to get the Wilder fight before. We had backwards and forwards. You know, he said this, I said that. But we didn't do it and we nearly lost everything. You know, and if it weren't for AJ's Ability and persistence and will to win to come back and beat Andy Ruiz, but now we've got it again So let's not miss it again. So we'll be doing everything we can to move into the winner of of that fight How frustrating would it be if he does have to do that and and I guess it
2: isn't that important in the grand scheme But he's always spoken of that undisputed tag. Um, It
5: it would be a travesty. really, if, if not just for AJ, but for the sport if he didn't get a crack at those guys, to be honest, like AJ's talking about fighting for another six years, that's 12 fights. Like he's going to fight everybody. When you look at his resume so far, you know he's boxed Dillian White, he's boxed Brazil, he's boxed Klitschko, he's boxed Takam, he's boxed Parker, he's boxed Povetkin, he's boxed Ruiz twice. Like he's, he's only had 24 fights, so he's going to fight Wilder. And by the way, even if Fury loses, he's going to fight Fury. I mean, he wants to fight Fury. It's a great fight. So. I think you're going to see all these these big heavyweight fights, and I think it's great news for the sport that the most lucrative division of all is firing. And while that is, boxing's going to be firing as well. I saw the, the reports as well about Saudi Arabia potentially being interested in, in putting some huge money behind that fight. Do, do you hope and do you think it's really going to reach the point where the money is just too big and the fight has to happen for that Yeah, reason? I mean, I think that you got... People moan about going to Saudi Arabia. Oh, that fight should take place in the UK. And I agree with them. Like, there's nothing more than I'd like Fury Joshua to take place at Wembley Stadium. But they also say that you've just got to tell the fighters it's not about the money. You know, they've got enough money. unfortunately, mate, life don't work like that. And sport particularly doesn't work like that. These, These people have got teams representing them. And if they're going to make three or four times more to stage the fight, not just in Saudi Arabia, but anywhere in the world, it's most likely they're going to take it. The upside of that is if there is that kind of money in play for this fight, it's definitely going to happen. Because, trust me when I say, whenever there's a huge amount of money available for a fight, generally, nine times out of ten it happens. But I think it's got to the point, money aside now, where, you know, Fury, Wilder, Joshua, they all know they have to give the fans that fight. We don't want another Mayweather, uh, Pacquiao situation where, yes, we got the fight, but we got it when they were out of their primes and it wasn't very good. These guys, right now, all in their prime. So let's make it happen.
3: Eddie Hearn speaking to our boys, uh, covering the NFL for us out in Miami this week uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, Gareth, listening to Eddie speak there. I think both of us knew uh, with the mandatory situations on his uh, IBF and WBO crowns. This is Anthony Joshua I'm talking about, that he would have to face Pulev. He would have to face Usyk at some point, And therefore, the big matchups that we want to see, mm. the wilders and the furies of this world, will be put off till 2020. And Eddie kind of is, uh, is backing us up with what we were saying there. Usyk's no joke, though. Is he? You know, and uh, we don't know how good Usyk is at this moment in time at heavyweight. He was absolutely outstanding at cruiserweight. If he can make the jump, like, for example, and Evander Holyfield did back in the day, we'll, d- d- could that be the... I don't want to say banana skin because he's a legit opponent, is mm-hmm. Usyk, but is that the the roadblock, I suppose, from AJ getting in with Wilder and Fury next year?
2: Well, I think there was a caveat there from, from Eddie Hearn. There's, some, uh, there's so many layers to all of this at the moment. Obviously... Um, you know, to explain to the to the listeners that um, Alexander Usyk will most likely fight Derek Chisora very late in March, the last Saturday in March. Um, which keeps that mandatory belt or uh, the WBO title that Joshua holds at bay. Pulev is going to be for the IBF defense. That's some um, Kubrat Pulev, the Bulgarian, mm-hmm. um, who was supposed to fight him in Cardiff a year and a half ago, remember, yeah. but was injured. Um, that's the IBF title. We're looking at May the 30th or June the 6th for that, and that's either going to be uh, the new uh. Home of Tottenham Hotspur in North London. It's going to be at Twickenham. It's going to be at Wembley, and it's going to be, or, or it's going to be at Cardiff. In Cardiff, um, personally, I think they'll go for Spurs if they can. I think yeah. it'll be something new, phenomenal uh, stadium, a, f- a phenomenal stadium. But also a home return for. I'm getting to the answer. Don't worry. A home return for Joshua, if that goes really well, if the right things happen in the fight between Fury and Wilder on February the 22nd, if there is, as Hearn just mentioned, an inordinate amount of money offered up by the Middle East and 25,000, 30,000 fans will travel, and I think they will for that fight, by the way. For which one? um, For for Fury against Joshua. I think you will get, I think we'll get the biggest travelling mass ever for, for a fight, even if it's in Saudi Arabia. Um, if they're offering four times or three times what those fighters are going to make in the UK, they will go for the money. Unfortunately, as we saw with the Andy Ruiz fight with, with Anthony Joshua uh, last December when the, the seeds were sown for this or set in the ground, and now they're going to grow and, and, and get bigger and bigger, mm. there, there, there is there is money to be made there. Um, you know, we, we, we are... Just so, you, make- so you, just just to just to
3: confirm for people listening, you believe that if all goes well with AJ Pulev, and all goes well from a British point of view with Fury Wilder, that you yeah. could see AJ Fury
2: this year rather than next. If 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 that's the way it stacks up, that Wilder does not immediately. Let's say Wilder does get knocked out in two rounds. He'll want to rebuild a little bit. um, Because people will be saying he was beaten on points by by Fury and he was knocked out in two rounds by Fury. I don't think Fury will knock him out in two rounds. But you don't know. It's heavyweight boxing. Of course. And and, and you do have to expect the unexpected. Um, Let's say Wilder doesn't want to... Uh, enact the immediate rematch clause, okay, where they have a trilogy fight. Let's just say he doesn't want to. The next fight for Fury is Joshua. Hmm. Hearn wants it. I've spoken to Tyson myself. He wants the Joshua fight. Bob Arum wants the Joshua fight. We are seeing Fox and ESPN coming together to broadcast in America, the rival broadcasters for only the fourth time in history, the first time for those two in the United States. Mm. When there are hundreds of millions of dollars to be made from an event, of course they'll do it. We have to be very careful here, Adam, I think. You know, we spend our lives around fight sports we're going to talk about the UFC and Bellator and MMA later as well. There are some very, very, very big fights brewing in that sphere. There are some very, very, very big fights in boxing at the moment, involving these three individuals we're talking about and probably Canelo and either BJ Saunders, Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith or, or Morata. Um, these four names, these three heavyweights and Saul Canelo Alvarez are the three or the, f- are the quartet of names that generate huge money, but but then after them, the drop, once these guys have gone, is enormous. Mm. It, it, there is not there is not stardom on the same scale. And what concerns me a little bit at the moment, of course I want to see all these fights, of course I want to be at them, That that we are going for these hugely promoted fights, just as we saw, it was a good card in Miami on Thursday, but we also saw Jake... Mm. Paul against the guy with the big nose is all I can say. I can't remember his name now. Um, but but and they and they and they're YouTube stars. We're, we're getting over promotion at the moment yes. rather than the building of very very strong cards. Well said. I, and and you know you know me. I, I mean I I'm I'm not a huge critic in general of cards that are put together. I let promoters do what promoters do. But I f- I I really feel at the moment. There are stories swelling around everywhere. This is big, this is huge. Let's build boxing properly. Otherwise, when these four or five stars go, we're going to be left flat and have to rebuild again.
0: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
3: Uh, do stick with us because Tommy Coyle's coming up in this hour. He announced his retirement this week. Uh, Gareth caught up with him a little earlier on. You can hear uh, from Boom Boom himself. Uh, we're going to pick the bones out of everything that happened uh, in Miami uh, because I want to. I just want to talk about um, the two world title fights and the YouTube uh, situation that we found this week. The two YouTubers that were on there. Now, the first time round, I was adamant. I'm not watching it. This is not for me. This is not where I'm at because it was being billed higher than the fighters that held world titles that were further down the card. The Billy Joe Sonas and the Devin Haney's of this world. The first time around when KSI and Logan Paul had a go, right? So I, didn't, I haven't seen that fight. To this day, I still haven't seen this fight. Mm-hmm. But this time around, I kind of got sucked in because there were two fights on this card that I was absolutely enthralled by. And that was obviously the Tevin Farmer fight taking on Joe Diaz. And then we also saw Daniel Roman defending his belts against Ahmed Delaev. And I, I'm a big fan of the love from Uzbekistan. And I genuinely thought going into the fight that he stood a chance of equaling Leon Spinks' record of unifying a division within eight fights. And I was fascinated by him. And I knew, looking down the card, that these two YouTube kids were on there, right? Now, I thought that they would have been on before the actual television broadcast. Little did I know that it was saved for the core main event before uh, Andrade got to us. Now, quickly on the the world title fights, both of them absolutely sensational, Mm -hmm. really good matchmaking, cannot fault anything about it whatsoever. Now, regarding the two lads off YouTube, I have no problem whatsoever with anybody that wants to box, none whatsoever, whether you're doing it for charity, whether you're doing it for fitness, whether you're doing it for fun, it's a fantastic sport. Get involved with it. Good luck to you. No problem. So I've no problem with the YouTube labs. What I've got a problem with is white collar boxing, which is which is what this is, white collar boxing, being promoted to me and the boxing community as professional boxing. That's that's where my problem is. And it's being done purely for economical greed. That is it and that's where i've got a problem listen take it to it take it to one side make a make a whole different show out of it badge it up as what it actually is white collar boxing that's cool but when you merge it then with professional boxing with world title fights with elite level boxing you're confusing the audience and then i then i get on my ios about it i don't know where you're at but that's where i'm at
2: with it well the, well the lines are very blurred i mean I, I obviously as you know i mean i went out to cover um Jake Paul's brother Logan Paul against KSI in November in Los Angeles and obviously that that went down as the main event in many ways and it was I mean I was sitting in the in in the plush seats that night the VIP seats if I can say it there were that many V's about it Um you know I mean literally Justin Bieber sitting in front of me um, you know kind of just so many stars it was it was it was off the charts um, you know Lil Rick uh, just Lil Baby, sorry, um, Rick Ross. It was just, it was replete with stars, genuinely. Um, you know, but, but also boxers there. Ryan Garcia was there with his family and it just went on and on and on. And 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 people were out of their seats when KSI and Logan Paul fought. But it was like watching two mates fighting in the playground on a mm. Friday at 4pm, four, uh, 4 you know, where school's out and everyone's going, fight, fight, and everyone runs to the corner and watches yeah. it. Because they will. And that's what humans do. They watch a fight. Right. And when someone's getting really badly beaten up, they step in, and people go, "Right, this is enough now, guys. You've settled your business." On Saturday, on sorry, on Thursday night, um, Jake Paul against Eson Gibb, which is Big Nose backwards, isn't it? Um, that it was, it was so ridiculously mismatched. Um, Jake Paul, you know, done a little bit of boxing. Um, claims he does a bit of MMA as well. It was so ugly to watch. It was so imperfect from this beautiful, noble art that I, I was screaming for once at, at the screen. It was on zone in America. I was still in America. It was, it was, it was disgusting. It was, it was just disgusting, mm. at the very least. KSI and Logan Paul were in really good shape in November and they tried their hearts out and it and it felt like a one off and as I said to you at the time, and I, th- I think you agree with this, they did separate press conferences for the event. They they, they kind of separated Billy Joe Sauners and Devin Haney, who were our world champions, from KSI and Logan Paul. But this one, I thought they would... I, the kind of language, the distastefulness between them, um, you know, it, it just didn't... It was all very, very <laughs> crass. Mm. And I think we're on a, on a very dangerous line at the moment. Yeah. Um, because we are talking about is Terence Crawford going to fight Conor McGregor? Who's in Disneyland? Is Disneyland today, by the way? Mm. Uh, with D, um, there's pictures out there on social media at the moment. Good for him. We but, got that, to be very but that, but that, there, Gareth, right? We, yeah, but that, there,
3: Gareth, with we, Terence Crawford and Conor McGregor. Because a few people have come back at me this week saying, "Well, you were all for Mayweather and McGregor." Well, hang on a minute. Mayweather and McGregor are trained fighters. Yes, it's different disciplines coming together to to maybe make a circus. But yeah. they're both trained fighters. These are lads. That are you know they they're making YouTube channels and various things like they're not trained fighters they've been doing it for five months and they've been thrown in at the deep end like this now listen I have no problem whatsoever with anybody wanting to make a few quid and people again will throw this argument towards me they're bringing new eyes to the sport show me the evidence that that is happening I get that the numbers are up on YouTube channels and I get that the numbers are up with the zone or Sky Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. But are those young kids that are coming to watch these, because that's what they are, the young kids coming to watch these two fights, not me, young kids, mm. are those young kids sticking around to watch Andrade? Are those young kids watching the two uh, world title fights previous to this? I don't think they are, because if you look at the arena on Thursday night, it cleared out when Andrade I mean, came to
2: walk. Yeah.
3: They'd already gone. Yeah,
2: yeah. There, there, there were, there were, you could see, I think, I, I remember at the time... Uh, there were some very peed off pro boxers commenting on social media that they they really they didn't it wasn't quite the same with KSI and Logan Paul when they fought. but this time we'd had the one-off event. we'd had the one-off event with them as pros. Uh, professional fighters on a card with, with pugilists, with professional boxers who have a career doing it. But I think it was beyond the pale this time. And um, is it bringing new eyes? Yeah, it probably is. I think what what DAZN, what Eddie Hearn, what Sky are searching for, is that kind of 15 to 25, 15 to 30 audience, Generation Z as they're called, aren't they? Mm. That, can Can, is there a way of opening the portals to get those uh, that that audience that 15 year kind of uh, age age generation into into boxing, into fight sports, into fight sports as an event. There is definitely an attempt. I, d- I think we've got to find a different way of doing it. I say we, we're not the ones doing no. it. But Listen, um, one thing
3: that it's definitely doing, and I think this is the, the the benefit to, obviously we're giving it a bit of a slag at the moment, but to give it its benefit, what I think it will do is the young kids that are out there that are watching these lads on YouTube they might then be inspired to go to a gym, which then obviously keeps them off a street corner, keeps them out mm. of trouble, gets them into a gym, gives them a bit of discipline, and who knows, that then might create the, the next boxing world champion. That's a positive. Of course it is. My problem is is when you're merging it with the sport that I love, why can't it be a separate thing? Why have they all got to be on the same bill? The kids are going to watch it anyway. Stick it somewhere else. Don't merge it with world title guys. Don't do that. Put it somewhere else. I've no problem with the show. No, Like I said, no problem with anybody boxing, no problem with anybody making a few quid. Make its own program. Make a YouTube thing. Make a reality thing. Make whatever it is that you want to make. Don't merge it with the likes of a Demetrius Andrade world title
2: fight. Yeah, well, it's 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 almost um, as if you had, um, you know, Elton John, of maybe a younger Elton John, wanting to play five-a-side football with his with his with his favorite kind of footballers, but having the money to be able to afford to to have his own team in a five, five-a-side football tournament that was treated as a serious football event. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, or if someone had, you know, um, if Roman Abramovich wanted to play with his own five-a-side football team in a league that's filmed on TV and people pay to watch it, th- that's, the, that's, the, that's the place we're heading to with that. And, and the brakes need to be pulled on it at some point. I mean, I think... I think what's happened is you've got the confluence of zone desperate to find that, that digital audience that will take them yes. forward at the same time as, you know, and, and having been around it myself, there is a huge young audience out there that is using social media all the time. I mean, you know, I know we're going to talk MMA later, but look at, And we're talking Miami, of course. This event was in Miami. A hundred million people in America alone will watch the Super Bowl on Saturday night. There was Mm -hmm. a tonight, or tomorrow night, rather. Um, You know, the event was there for that reason. Fury and Wilder are there for that reason. Um, Here's a question for you, Kamara Usman and and, and Jorge Masvidal and the UFC were there for a reason. They had a little spat on Radio Row, as you well know. And the fight's now been made virtually for the summer because it got a million views. Now... All of this, it's all the same stuff, Adam, hmm. you know? It, and it's using an event to promote it on social media. It's using, it's all social media led. And I think, I think it will fill it out in the end. But at the moment, I don't think the equation's right. I completely agree with you hmm. because it lessens the value for our professional boxers. Everything about Thursday was gen- was genius
3: to a point from from eddie and matchroom usa because as you've just said it's super bowl week they took full advantage of people being in that vibe being in that absolute buzz of super bowl let's put a boxing show on thursday night and i'll tell you what we're going to put some really competitive fights on as well they'll tune into daniel roman's fight and go this is a bit of all right next one absolutely brilliant i just I, i was going to ask you do you think by putting that on at that particular point this youtube fight did more harm than good
2: well I think it did because of the for way... The boxing, people, for a boxing for a boxing audience is absolutely I, th- this didn't work in that sense it worked well having said that you know um I was a bit disappointed in Demetrius Andrades yeah, performance absolutely. he was overmatched absolutely um uh, sorry Keela was was overmatched Luke Keela yeah. and 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 therefore weirdly I I I walked away from uh, Bubu Andrade who who's who is I you know, is a bit of a friend as well, is someone I got to know a little bit, Um, who's a brilliant, unorthodox Southpaw boxer who I really want to see fight Billy Joe Saunders. At the end of the day, he took his belt, remember, when Billy took a nasal spray Mm. and, and, and had the belt removed from him. Um... I, I went away from that Andrade-Keeler fight thinking, eh, I'm not so keen now on seeing Andrade and Billy Joe Saunders. I'm with you. Yeah, it's I'm so weird, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, but, so it didn't do a lot for him in that way. As you said, it did a lot for Jojo Diaz. Um, didn't do a lot for Tevin Farmer because he lost his belt, damaged mm. his hand early on in the fight, and couldn't use his jab quite so much. you know. But Jojo Diaz with a huge cut on his eye, dramatic, heroic um uh, world title for him um but it was a it was a strange event in many ways um, it was I, for me it was going so well and mm, then it just flatlined because mm, mm, of that you because of that
3: YouTube moment. And I think the audience obviously then left the arena a lot of them left the arena when Andrade was fighting, which kind of maybe had an effect on his performance. Don't get me wrong, he came out really, really fast. We'll get to that in a minute. But then it it just seemed to Peter off, whereas we had two brilliantly matched world title fights. With world Diaz title, and a yeah, really, yeah, yeah, world titles changing hands. Yeah. I'm thinking, this is brilliant. It's a stroke of genius. This Thursday night, my Super Bowl week. Fantastic. And I just thought that it shot itself in the foot a little bit
4: tied to Tommy with a piece of elastic oh,
6: A bit of a roller coaster the last year for me. Gone from selling fruit and veg on the market to you know, signing up with Matchroom Boxing. So um, we, just, we just knocked the tickets out of there and the strawberries as well.
3: Can't help but have a smile on your face when you're talking about Tommy Coyle. And I've no doubt over the next 10 minutes, as you listen to him speak, you'll be smiling as well. Earlier on this evening, Gareth A. Davis caught up
2: with Boom Boom. He's been an absolute pleasure for all of us. He's decided at 30 years young that he's had enough ring walks. But there's no way that Tommy Coyle... 30 fights, 25 wins is going to give up the ghost on boxing. He's had another career his whole life. Tommy, where are you tonight? Are you celebrating your retirement somewhere?
6: I, I am, but nothing huge. Just going to go and have some food with my brother, his wife, um, and my wife. So, yeah, just a, a little bit of food and a few, maybe a few drinks. And I do not have to wash my weight anymore.
2: Listen, you've always looked in good shape. You're a handsome fella. You're on your feet every day with the market stall, of course. You know, you've got your produce and, you know, you're a physical kinetic guy. I don't want to see you slipping out of shape now.
6: Uh, Certainly not. Listen, boxing is my therapy, whether I'm fighting, competitive, or just, you know, keeping my hand in. I'll always be involved in the game. I'll always be in the gym. I'll always be training. And like I say, I've got a health and well-being company. How can you sell a dream looking like a nightmare,
2: eh? <laughs> exactly. So just tell us a little bit how you, you know, came to the decision uh, to, to decide that it was actually time to hang them up. Because you could quite clearly have gone on if you wanted to.
6: Listen, I've had a phenomenal career. I've had a, a real, real great journey. But all journeys must come to an end. And I don't want my journey to be um, in, a, in a back alley somewhere. What I'm trying to say is I don't want to box on a, a small hall show. Um, and I wanted to go out, uh, which was my pinnacle. And my pinnacle would, would, would be and always will be fine at Madison Square Garden. You know, I never dreamed of, of getting that far um, or doing as well as I've done. I've done much more than my, my, my ability should have ever allowed me, but um, I just, I want to get out of the, listen, the way I fight Gareth, inviolable on the body. Mm. Um, you know, I've been in many, many wars, I've had many tough fights, granted I've made hard work of them, but um, I have a beautiful family, three amazing children, an amazing wife, and 25 years I've dedicated my life to this sport, and I always said that I'd get out with all my faculties intact mm. so I can continue to be a good father and, and do good business, really. You know, I have a great
1: company.
2: Um, I saw you that night after the Chris algeri fight. Um, yes. Yeah. And you were you know, you know, were in the first row of seats at Madison Square Garden. We had a little hug then. We've been friends for a long time. I've covered you a long yeah. time. You were very emotional that night because you were annoyed with yourself because you wanted to go on that night have, having retired from the fight.
6: I'd been getting double vision in the build-up to the fight. Um, I didn't actually know what it was. I thought I may have needed glasses. Um, and then... I'd, so, obviously, I'd mentioned it to Jamie, and I guess at the time I thought I'd made the mistake telling Jamie that I was getting double vision in the fight, which caused him to halt the fight and pulling me out. But um, it, it turns out that, obviously, the, the double vision, um, you know, has, has been caused from boxing. Mm. So, you know, when when the, the, the neurologist and the ophthalmologist said this to me, um, I just, you know, I thought... You go swimming, you get wet. Um, how long can I go on? Mm. And, you know, I, I'd, I would never, ever want to... Um, I don't want to leave the sport and be negative towards it. I don't want to... I want to remain in love with the sport. So mm. the right thing to do was to walk away before, you know, I put myself in any, any more danger. And I've had an amazing, amazing journey, an amazing career... And I look over my shoulder, very proud, I'm very content. And, uh, you know, on to the next chapter. Boxing will not define me. I've, um, you know, I have hundreds of young children uh, in in my city where I work with daily. um, And, you know, I'm going to focus greatly now on improving minds, changing lives in my community, and paying the net, paying, paying, Paying the city back for the support that it's given me, not just in victory, but in defeat
2: as well. You've had some great fights in Hull, by the way. I mean, I, it would be remiss of me not to, to mention a few nights um, at the Ice Arena Hull. I mean, God, I, I used to go there years ago when Paul Ingle was fighting there, by the I way. and spoke I'm talking...
0: I
6: spoke to Paul Ingle two weeks ago. He oh,
2: told... really? How is he? Yeah,
6: and it, he sounds great. Um, he sounds much better than he has done for many years, and it was great to have a conversation with him.
2: Because, as you're saying, Paul did suffer a horrific injury. Um, you know, he, he we remember him for those great nights with Nazim Hamid, where he pushed him to the wire. That's the night many people w- will remember. And you know, Hull Ice Rink. I mean, I remember clearing out of there that years ago when he used to fight. There was rough outside there after events, and like I never used to go to the kebab shop round the corner because because <laughs> the, the, the people selling kebabs used to say, "Listen, this group coming in now, they're all yeah. mates, but they'll get their kebab and then they'll go out and fight each other." Do you know?
6: Yeah,
2: those probably those probably my mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Hull is a it's a fighting town, isn't it? That
6: it is. But let me say one thing about Hull. There's no guns or knives here. That's correct. People start Milton and have a straightener with a fist, the best man wins, and, and, and that's it, you know, and we shake hands.
2: You had a couple of straighteners in Hull as well, in in the ring. Michael Katsidis, that must be a great memory uh, for you, that fight.
6: One of the best. 12 weeks of being scared to death, you know, the Brit basher was <laughs> coming to Hull. Exactly. And uh, I knocked him out in, in two rounds. It was, a, it was an unbelievable night.
2: To back in 2014 and of course even though it didn't go your your way the following year the the vacant WBO um, international uh, lightweight title against Luke Campbell who was a gold medalist from the Olympics and a Hull guy himself that night at the uh, at the the Craven Park Stadium in Hull that must that I know you didn't win but that must be a great memory as well I mean it was incredible the atmosphere.
6: It was another phenomenal moment in my career, you know. Uh, 15,000 people, um, you know, in, in a stadium. Michael Buffer on Preston Road in Hull. Exactly, <laughs> was, all
2: of that, exactly.
6: Yeah, it was it was an amazing time. Um, and, you know, I'm very, very proud of what, what I achieved. I'm very content. And it, it's time for me now to, you know, focus on the next generation. And you know what, as well, guys, I have a fairly huge company locally, and there's 30 people in our team. Wow. They all rely on me mm. for, you know, a salary for to provide for them, not just my children, you know, the team. So I've got to have my, my marbles. I've got, to, I've got to stay sharp. I've got, I have to get out of this game uh, with all my faculties intact so I could go and do good business.
2: Um, listen, I want to ask you this. Was there ever a prospect? Obviously, uh, your younger brother, um, Louis, played, played yeah. uh, you know, plays as a footballer. Was there yes, ever I a prospect
6: for Leeds, for Leeds
2: United? Is there ever a, is there or was there ever a prospect that, that you would have made it as a footballer?
6: <laughs> You've been doing your homework. I used to play for the whole city and Leeds United, yes, but uh, no disrespect to footballers, I'm a huge football fan, but having 11 people on the pitch um, and 11 people who could share the praise and share the um, – just wasn't for me, you know. And obviously the other side to it is when, when you lose 11 people, you share it. I like the severity of being on your own and, you know, it's first or second. <laughs> you know, you, if you're not winning, you're losing.
2: Tommy Coyle, I've got to say, and I just want to give you my personal thanks, I'm sure all the fans listening would as well, from Madison Square Garden to Hull to to all the arenas that we've ever covered you, you're a brilliant person, a brilliant man. I know we're only going to... You know, it's not the end of you being in the public eye, as you say. It's been an absolute pleasure to cover your career. I love, most of all, the honesty of the way you fought and the honesty you have as a person, which I think resonates deeply with all of us and I love how you show your emotions and I want to thank you for yeah. that Tommy
6: now listen I want to thank you guys you guys that documented my career um, and I want any boxing fans that are listening to this I want to say you know what I want the best I know full well I wasn't the best and I was probably never going to win a world title but every time I stepped in that ring I give you 110% of my being every time And um, I want to thank you all for supporting me. Um, And yeah, I'm 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 gonna stick around the game because I love it so much. It's been my best friend for 25 years.
3: Listen to Fight Night on uh, on Talksport. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the show, uh, it will be available as a podcast for you. You can get it on our website talksport.com, or you can head uh, to iTunes. You're just looking out for Fight Night. Loads of guests on here. Uh, earlier on, you heard from uh, Deonce Wilder. You're going to hear from him again in a moment too, uh, because sadly, at the start of this week, we had the horrific news that the world had lost a sporting legend, a sporting icon. A sports star from the world of basketball that most certainly transcended into other sports and into other people's lives from the world of entertainment as well. Deontay Wilder paid tribute
4: earlier this week on Talk Sport to Kobe Bryant. My heart went out to him, and his family, and his daughter, and, and the passengers that was on the board with them as well. Because we know that Kobe Bryant is a is a, a superstar. And you know, you can easily get looked over with the other passengers. They can easily get looked over because of him being so big, but immediately my, my heart went out to everybody because, you know, we're all human. We all love the human race. We're a human being. No matter nobody is much bigger than the other just because of the title that we hold, that's the only thing. So every life counts, you know, and I was just going out. I was like, it was crazy, you know, um, and then to look at his picture because I'm an energy person. Like, I, I got a sixth sense. I can feel by order energy sometimes, emotions. And I got a lot of things that 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 um I'm able to do. And when I saw his picture holding his little girl, like it was like, oh my God, I felt so I felt so much. It's like and then, then you started you then you started to, to start to reminisce and think about your children or when you had your daughter, you with her somewhere, you know what I'm saying? Mm. It just make you do one of those things. Then I started getting a lot of phone calls after I land. Landed and you know people call and talk about you know, I love you and you know I just want to say that you know to the cuz everybody was shocked about it and you know people it made people want to call someone to tell them that They love them because the thing about death it it, it it has an expiration date on us and it don't discriminate <laughs> You know death don't discriminate who you are they don't care and they come at any given time any given moment That's why it's very important as us, as the human race, to be able to do great things in this world while we can, while we're here on this earth, because we don't know when we're going to go. And the thing about it, you definitely don't want to be a person that passes away and people celebrate and and be happy that you're gone. I've seen that before. (laughs) I've seen it. You want to be a person that people remember you by your greatness, that you provided your service to this world on earth and been a great merit and, and do great things. And, you know, I had a lot of people doing a lot of things like that as well. But uh, may his soul rest in peace. Um, may the family that was with with them may their soul rest in peace, and may all their families get you know some type of clarity. And and um, and and it's gonna be tough, you know. It's gonna be tough, and, and I just hope they you know come and find peace with the situation.
3: The WBC heavyweight champion of the world, Deontay Wilder, uh, speaking beautifully about uh, the death of Kobe Bryant a little earlier on this week. Uh, on talk sport and uh just to reiterate the message that Deontay was saying there, do what you can with what you've got because you never know when your time is up. Gareth, you were over in the States earlier on, uh at the start of this week. Were you in LA when that was, news dropped?
2: I was and you know, obviously I'm not a basketball fan, but Adam, the the, the, the reach of it all was extraordinary. The 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 outpouring was incredible. And, you know, you and I are both fathers, you know, we have daughters, you know, and and, and I think it's that, that he died with his daughter Jenna on that helicopter and, you know, there was a daughter left with the other couple that were on the... The, the flight that crashed or the helicopter that crashed. I mean, it's so resonant. And, you know, um, hear, hear to what Deontay was, you know, saying there. We, we heard him being a beast earlier on, talking about his fight with Tyson Fury. And there he is, being so human just there and so emotional. And I feel very emotional now. Mm. I know you do, um, hearing that and going back over. And it's so worth celebrating his life at the end of the show tonight. I'm, I'm sure you agree
3: absolutely um, the LA Lakers did a fantastic tribute to Kobe uh, I think it was yesterday mm-hmm. if you've not seen that on social media do go and uh, pay a little bit of attention uh, to it and to him I know he's listening somewhere thank you very much for sharing your talent and your message and I'm sure you have inspired generations to come in order to try and become the best that they can possibly not necessarily in the world of basketball but whatever uh, career path they choose yeah here, mate